Hi friend, welcome back to She Speaks Life. I am so excited you are here listening today. If you have not received my free gift yet, click on the link below in the show notes and I will give you my free download of God's ID, my ID, which is all about God's characteristics and how they apply to your life today. Plus, you'll get the newest updates of some new stuff coming that I'm super excited about and I want you to be a VIP member. So today I have with me Rebecca George. She is the host of Radical Radiance podcast and is the author of Do The Thing, Gospel-Centered Goals, Gumption, and Grace for the Go-Getter Girl. And we are going to talk about how to go after that calling and running the pace of grace and how to get out of fear and striving to a place of total dependence on the Holy Spirit to use our gifts and talents. This is such a powerful story and I can't wait to share it with you. So here's my conversation with Rebecca George. Hi, Rebecca. Welcome to She Speaks Life. I am so thrilled you're here and we're going to be talking about your new book, Do the Thing, Gospel-Centered Goals, Gumption, and Grace for the Go-Getter Girl. And I just love that word, gumption. I mean, you hardly see that. I know. (laughs) I know. It's one of my favorite words too. So I, yeah, Jamie, I'm so excited to be here and get to share with you today. So thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, before we dive in, I always like to ask each guest if they have a favorite scripture verse, I mean, a life verse that they hold on to and uh, why? Why is that so yeah. important to you? Yeah, I love that question. I think it's changed across my life. So I'll give sure. you the one I would say today. And God really gave me the vision for my own podcast, which is called Radical Radiance from this verse that he kept bringing me back to in Psalm 34, it's verse five. And it says, those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. And so I just love that when we look to him, when we follow him boldly, he makes us radiant because of his presence in our lives. And um, I'm just so thankful for that. And we see that, that idea of radiance all across the pages of scripture. And um, so that's sort of been a, a, a trail of breadcrumbs that I've been searching for for the last several years in scripture. And so I'm thankful for uh, the work that God's allowed me to do and having those conversations of what does it look like to radiate the heart of Christ in all that we do. So I love that verse. Yeah, yeah, I do too. And to name your podcast after that, that's profound. Also, I love your podcast. You have so many great interviews on there and people sharing about how they radiate Christ uh, with what they do and it's inspiring it's encouraging so I know I'm a I'm a listener you're my library yay yeah I listen to you on my little walks with my dog so let's talk about why this message is so important to you what made you even begin writing this book yeah I like to lovingly call this book, if I, like my, if I got hit by a bus book, if I got hit by a bus tomorrow and I didn't get to write another book, what would be the message that I would want to leave with women? And that feels, I just feel really compelled to share. And it is this, it's what does it look like for us to connect our gifts and talents that God's given us with how we're bringing him glory in the world 
And if I think back, you know, I think every book has a thread, right? That the author's mm -hmm. continuing to pull on and chew on and, and figure out, okay, how do I package this into a book? I can think back about 10 years to when God started started putting this on my heart. I led a nonprofit for many years that uh, we donated hand crocheted and knitted hats and letters of encouragement into treatment centers, cancer treatment centers across the country. And as I did that work, I had the opportunity to speak a lot and share about what God was doing. And, and this whole ministry came out of my mom's cancer journey and the ways that I was able to encourage her and we, we packaged that into a ministry of how we could encourage others. And I would stand on a stage and I'd speak and Jamie, you'll relate to this afterwards. Women would come up to me and, and share their stories, which is my favorite part of getting yeah. to do what we do. And, and women would come and say, I you know, love what God's doing through your mom's story. And I have my own version of that. You know, I, I feel compelled to get involved in this thing or to start this business or ministry. And there was always this moment where they would almost hush to a whisper and they would say, you know, but I feel, I feel stuck or I feel scared or I don't know what the first step is, or I'm sensing that there's somebody out there already doing it better than I could. It, it, all the things that we bump up against as women as we faithfully pursue what God puts on our hearts. And so I had enough of those conversations that I began to sense, okay, I, I feel called to write and speak. And this is something that I feel really passionate about helping women with. And so um, that's kind of the thread that I've been pulling on and tugging on for several years. And so now we get to hold a book in our hands and, and have conversations about it. So I'm excited. Yeah. Okay. Do you have your own story of maybe God was calling you into something new and you had those fears and insecurities yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I would say every creative endeavor that I have walked down with the Lord, I have had to wrestle through the message of this book over and over again, which I think matters as an author, right? right? And so I would say when I started that ministry, that was absolutely the case. And what I share probably more about in the book is the season when God called me away from that ministry. And I married my husband, who is a lead pastor. And in that season after we married, he was pastoring a church in South Mississippi. And so I moved and joined him in ministry down there, and God really stripped me away of pretty much everything that was comfort and familiarity to me. I moved away from family and friends and everything I'd ever known, and really in its place was this new capacity to create in a way I'd never created before, and it was in that season that I started the podcast and began speaking more and connected with my agent and went down this path of publishing. And mm -hmm. I faced all the things that I talk about in the book in that process, comparison, feeling like somebody's already done it better, fear, doubt, all of those things. And, um, you know, it's not so much, I think, that we won't experience those things in our calling. I think we all know that that's the case, but where are we turning in the midst of that really matters. And so that's, that's the conversation that I love to have. So, yeah, so good. I think we have similar stories, you know, God moving me away from all I've known and familiarity and 
your family, your friends to something totally unknown. And like you, that's when I started my podcast that, that there is so that cool. capacity. Yeah. To get creative and really have that one-on-one time with the Lord. And I think you're just in that intentional heart position of like wanting that, that more, like God's put that more in you. And so you're like, okay, Lord, like, what is it? So I know in your book, you, you touch on, you know, striving and where that origin comes from. So why don't we just expand on what is striving versus thriving? Yeah. It's a great question. And I'll start by saying, since we're all new friends here and we're getting to know each other, every personality test I've ever taken in my life has told me some version of of the idea of achievement. I'm an achiever. That has always come back in the results of any test I've ever taken. Mm-hmm. And for a good bit of my life, I think I was really apologetic about that. I think I tried to tamper that down and... The whole, the whole idea of making yourself small so that others won't be intimidated, that type of thing I've, I've struggled with for a good bit of my life. And the Lord and I have really been working through, okay, what does it mean that, that I actually wired you to be an achiever? I wired you with to be a high-capacity person and to use that gift for my kingdom, right? And so, so where's that line? That's the hard distinction to draw, right? And when I look back over early, early years in my life. And I, I, what you're thinking of is this story that I tell in the book. I can think back to this day and it's so vivid in my mind. I can see the classroom that I was in and it's probably second or third grade and we were learning our multiplication tables. And I, we were taking a quiz about our multiplication tables. And I remember finishing the quiz really fast. And my teacher came over to my desk and, and graded my paper and I got a 100 and I remember her announcing to the class, you know, how great of a job that I did and how fast I, you know, finished the quiz. And I was so proud of that. I, not only I was so fast, but that I was so accurate. And, and that is my like earliest memory of striving. And it has marked my life really. And it's something I've struggled with a lot. And, I think the the more I walk with the Lord and just ask for his wisdom and discernment in how to use my time and my capacity, um, I think we we begin to realize when we're a little off the rails, right? And I think it's it's what's next, what we do next after we realize, okay, I am burnt out. I am I'm tired, I'm weary. I, I don't even have time to spend with the Lord. Um, it's what happens after that, the intentional decisions that we make to create margin and to create rest and to create time with him that really matters. And, and the reality is God has given us the time that we need to accomplish what he wants us to accomplish this side of heaven. That is true. That will always be true. And so, um, There's also such a case for rest, and we see that in Scripture. We see that in the creation story, right? God rested on the seventh day of creation. And so if if he rested, we we absolutely need to as well. And so really um, just leaning into him for wisdom and how to create space for that Mm -hmm. really matters. So, Yeah, I think that's one of the 
I mean, the enemy has lots of tactics, but one of them is time. Like, oh my gosh, like, absolutely. I'm wasting time. And it's like this eager, like, you just feel like you're being robbed of time. And you really have to step back and go, what does God say about time? You know, this isn't true. This isn't like I'm going at his pace. And, you know, if this was supposed to be the right time, then God would bring it, you know, that type of thing. So you have to constantly remind you of the truth because the enemy will, you know, tell you otherwise. So let's jump into your topic in your book of running at the pace of grace. Now that we're talking Mm -hmm. about God's timing, what does that look like? Yeah. Running at the pace of grace really matters a whole lot. And I think, you know, we're recording this at the beginning of the year. And so I think it's always top of mind of, you know, what does this year look like? What does my capacity look like? What do I spend my time doing and prioritizing? Mm -hmm. And that changes across our seasons, which we may talk about later in the episode. But I think really spending some intentional time with the Lord, asking him, okay, what is priority right now? What's priority that's not going to change, right? I'm always going to be Dustin's wife. I am for, you know, in this season, he's pastoring our church where we live. And what does that look like for me to be a faithful wife to him and an encourager to him in his ministry? That will never not be my calling, right? And it will never not be one of my primary callings in life. And outside of that, you know, vocationally, I have a calling and what does my capacity for that look like in this season? And so establishing those foundational things of, hey, this isn't going to change. And if I'm faithful in nothing else, I, I, I have to be faithful in this. And then outside of that, if there's something that you sense God wants you to start or wants you to get involved in and things like that, having really intentional conversations of, okay, what does that look like this year and how and where can I carve out time for that? Almost creates the ability for us to run at the pace of grace, right? Because um, when we are not running at the pace of grace is often when we are striving and when um, we've not had intentional conversation around our boundaries and our priorities. And so I think um, doing that allows us to more faithfully be able to run at a pace that's sustainable for us, for our families. And so this is a good topic because I, I don't know what it is, but I struggle at the first of the year and I know where it stems from. It's from me seeing social media, Mm -hmm. uh, my environment around me saying, okay, goals, dreams, you know, you need to have it all written out and you need to know, like, I'm like still in this rust mode and I feel this pressure every time the first of the year rolls around that I need to have this motivation Mm. and I don't have it. And I love that it's the pace of grace because I'll go into my quiet time and I feel like I'm just walking in the rhythm of the Lord's. And Mm. I feel like the world is pressuring me to have that fire in me. Like, but it's going to be, it's going to be superficial. It's not going to be real. So I have to wait for his timing to get myself going on those, you know, ambitions or those dreams, those goals that I have for the year. 
but it's almost like, you know, the world's calendar is telling me, you know, you need to feel this way. And then the Lord's calendar is like, no, like, I'll give you the timing. You just stay in in rest. And and this isn't just for everyone, but I know there's got to be somebody listening that maybe feels that pressure of having to have everything kind of figured out for your 2023 as soon as the calendar rolls into Mm. the new year. Yeah. I think that's, that is such a challenge. And, um, I think there's grace for both sides. I've been thinking about that a lot because for some reason I've, I've seen this almost polarization of the conversation we're having on social media. It's either, okay, forget the new year, new you forget new year's resolutions, just scrap it all. And let's just survive. Right. Like I've seen a lot of that type of mentality. And then I've seen a lot of the typical, what we always see of, okay, here's what I'm running into 2023 ready to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't think either polar extreme of the conversation is really what God intended for us. And I think we need to stop running to the world for what it looks like to set goals and to make priorities and, and to faithfully live out our calling. I think if you look at, you know, the bookshelves and and see the books that have released over the last eight or 10 years that have been focused on purpose and calling, they've been a lot of messages that leave us exhausted and striving. And, um, I've read a lot of the books myself and that is one of the reasons why I'm probably so passionate about this because as an achiever, it's very easy for me to read a message like that and get real motivated and, um, and walk into my year all guns blazing and then not really be rooted in God's word and what God would have me to focus on. And so, um, I just don't think either end of the conversation is, is right and good and what God intended for us. I think really, um, Mm -hmm. taking some time and, and giving ourselves some grace for, Hey, we just walked out of the holiday season, which is insane for any human alive on earth. And as we walk into the new year, like take a deep breath and spend some time with God and, some unrushed time with your phone on the other side of the room with him and your planner and your Bible yeah. and unpacking that with him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just really matters. So amen. that's what I need in the next couple of weeks here. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll get all motivated. I love this topic that you share in your book on what do you do when you sense God is asking you to quit something and how mm. to leave an assignment well and, You know, I've gone through this many times in my life of how do you tell when you're giving up on something or you're letting go and is it the flesh or is it the Lord speaking to you? And that's a hard thing because sometimes it's not going to be a a bad thing where it's going to be clear, like you're supposed to be, you know, it's going to actually be something good, maybe something in ministry, something that you thought God had put on your heart that was going to last way longer than it did. So expand on this. I love that you share this in your book. It's so important. I I agree because we're all going to face moments where we have to do this and walk through this. And I think the fear is always, did I let go too soon? Right. That's, that's always the thing that we are going to feel shame 
if we're being real honest about. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, and I, I talk about this, I went through a season where God asked me to lay down that ministry that I started that um, was beautiful work that I'm so thankful for what, you know, what God did in that season. And I actually sat down with my mom one day and she brought it up. She said, you know, I'm sensing like you're walking down this path of writing a book and speaking more and starting this podcast. You know, do you think there's room for the ministry anymore? And I needed her to say that out loud. Right. And so immediately I teared up because it had been on my heart and I just hadn't pulled the trigger yet. And she said something I'll never forget. She said, Rebecca, I saw you be faithful to what God asked you to do. And you, you don't need my permission to lay this down that's something you and God have to sort out. But if you need me to say like, Hey, I saw your faithfulness and I trust. And I know that you're going to be faithful to where God is leading you now. Then like you have my permission, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what I would say to the listener, right? If you have been faithful in an, an assignment God has given you and you're sensing, Hey, this is, this is a pivot I'm going to have to make. This is something I'm going to have to lay down. Um, He's given you that wisdom and that discernment for a reason. And, and there is, you know, time to really pray through, is this the right time? Am I laying it down too soon? But if, um, if you're sensing that, then that's probably something that you, you need to lay down. And, um, there's, there's wisdom in leaving something well, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that that requires time and intention on our part as well, and really discerning what that's going to look like. But um, you don't need a permission slip for an assignment to end. And the reality is we are all going to experience that this side of heaven. Things might last longer or not as long as we thought they would. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the beautiful part about continuing to faithfully follow God into where he leads us. Let's share a little bit of gumption. Like say someone's listening right now and they just need that oomph to, you know, do the thing that God has put on their, on their heart. What would you say to that girl? Yeah. I love that. So I, and we mentioned this a little bit earlier. I think we live in extremes in our world. We just do, right? It's either all or nothing. It's black and white. When life is a whole lot more gray than we (laughs) kind of give ourselves credit for. And so this area of gumption and courage and Christ-centered confidence that we need to faithfully live out what God's called us to do, I think sometimes it feels in opposition to this idea of grace, right? This was coming to mind the other day on a run. I, and you've probably read enough of the content to know I'm, I'm a runner and I talk about that a lot in the book. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was really struggling on my run the other day and, you know, I'm in the middle of a book launch. Me and my husband just moved. We are in just an insane season that's beautiful and awesome, but my capacity to work out and be active just looks different than it did six, eight months ago. And so I was running a, a route that I run pretty often. And I was like, man, I really want to quit. This is awful. I cannot run as quickly as I used to be able to. Yeah. And I just sense the Lord say, you know, you can hold gumption and self-discipline and courage and, and the things that there's a very real case for in my word side by side with grace. 
-hmm. right? You can have grace for, and I just use this as an example and listener coming to the conversation, take this and apply it to your situation. You know, I can have grace for my body and my season and what I'm walking through and that my capacity is different and has changed. And also, like, I can finish this run. It's okay. It's okay that I can't run at the same pace that I would have six months ago. That doesn't mean I have to stop, right? Like, I can still be faithful. I can still put one foot in front of the other. And I'll make it back to my house. And it might just be a little slower than it would have been a few months ago. And so I think we look at things like gumption and and self-discipline and um, almost see it as opposing grace when I think so many times in our seasons, we have to hold both yeah. and know that that's okay. Yeah, that's good. So you talk about living daily dependent on the Holy Spirit. What does that look like? Um, especially when your whole book's about, you know, doing the thing that you've been called to do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I think so many times we will you know, set a goal for the year or walk into something we feel called to do and um, not consult the Lord about it at all, <laughs> right? Like not really lean into, okay, I'm not doing this by my own power or my own strength. I'm a broken vessel that God chooses to use on this side of heaven for his kingdom and for his glory. And uh, God really reminded me of this truth in a whole new way. A few years ago, I was running a marathon and I was reaching the end of the marathon. I had a few miles left to go and I was really struggling. It was a warm day and I really felt like quitting. I was struggling so much and I saw this girl on the sidelines of the marathon. It was the St. Jude Children's Research Marathon in Memphis, Tennessee, and she was actually a patient of the hospital. And the closer I got to her, and meanwhile, my arms are chilling. I'm having heat exhaustion symptoms and, and I really want to quit. And she's cheering for me and she's holding this poster that says the same power that raised Jesus from the grave is living inside of you. You can do this. Wow. And you can do this was in like big letters across the bottom. <laughs> And so I start tearing up, which was not helpful. And so I keep going. And for the last six or seven miles of that marathon, I just continued repeating to myself, Rebecca, the same power that raised Jesus from the grave is living inside of you. You can do this. And that might seem like a silly example, but I think our daily lives are the same. We have yeah. to say that back to ourselves and remember that we're not operating in our own strength and by our own power. And it's not out of striving that we achieve or, or move forward in what God's called us to do. We are partnering with him on this side of heaven. And mm -hmm. again, the same power that raised Jesus from the grave, the Holy spirit is alive in us today. Yeah. And, um, we get to partner with him as we do the thing. And that's such a gift. Yeah. Those are just powerful words. Like, and, and you're right. Like just reminding yourself that, I mean, it's just so empowering. And I've done running myself. I've never done a marathon. I ran a 10 K and the last leg, this was in San Diego and it was on the Del Mar racetrack. <laughs> And I probably should have seen like where I'm going to be running for this 10K. Didn't even look mm -hmm. at a map or anything. I did it with my 
uh, sister and my sister-in-law and it was hilly and I realized and I and I got real energetic in the middle which they all tell you don't do because I just wasted yeah. all my energy <laughs> a little too early and so I was just struggling the rest of the way yeah and then up ahead was a racetrack and it was thick sand you know where the horses run mm. and I was like oh my gosh it was you just felt like you're going nowhere I mean I was yeah. slower than molasses and I got sick and I was like you know what I'm not ever doing that <laughs> <laughs> this is my last race and it was I never did it again but and I just know okay it's not really for me but I do enjoy running is there anything that you would love to share about the book that we did not get to cover oh man well I would say for listeners coming to the episode and they're thinking okay yes this is what I need in my life right now and and I want some encouragement and just accountability as I walk through it. We are doing some really fun things over in our launch team and giving away some really fun pre-order gifts for those who pre-order the book. And so if you go to dothethingbook.org, you can order from your favorite online retailer and then go in and join the launch team where we are giving you a 30-day devotional that unpacks different topics that we talk about in the book just from the perspective of, of me and 29 of my other friends that got to write for it. And there is an audiobook version of that devotional that we're giving to you, a quiz, a goal planning guide that will help you really practically lay out those goals that you have for the year, and a Spotify playlist that's just really worshipful and, and I've loved so much and, and I pray it encourages you as you walk through the book. And so I'd love to gift those to you and walk alongside you in the Facebook community that we have going over there. So again, that's, that's do the thing book.org. Awesome. And before we close goals that came to mind when you were talking about it, what, what's your advice on goals? Like I just hear people say, you know, set them small. And by the time you're doing the small thing, it becomes bigger and bigger. What, what, do yeah. you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. The, I love what you said. And the thing that comes to mind and how I, how, how I talk about it in the book is creating small finish lines for yourself, yeah. kind of along the lines of running. You know, we, we think about, I'll use the example of starting a podcast because we can both relate to that. Mm -hmm. That felt really big and scary to me until I sat down and thought, okay, well, what are the first five or six things I need to do to just get myself on that path, right? I can't have a podcast till I have a microphone. I can't, you know, record with people until I have some mechanism and software to do that. And so I think breaking down your goal into almost smaller finish lines along the way helps keep us encouraged and not bogged down in the overwhelm of the bigness of whatever our goal is. And so I think that's extremely helpful as you move forward. So um, that is something that we, we absolutely talk about in the book as well. So yeah, that's so good. And I think that's so important and it helps you not feel so overwhelmed because yeah. I know when I think of goals, it's immediately to the big thing and not the smaller things to get me to the big thing. And so yeah. if I just focus on the small thing, it doesn't feel as overwhelming. So, and yeah. I love to end with a takeaway. Uh, is there anything you can leave with the listener to ponder on or take action in? I'd love to hear it. Yeah, what's coming to mind when you say that is just this passage 
in Ephesians where Paul says we are his workmanship created for good works that God planned long ago for us to do. And so it just reminds me that, you know, our calling and the work that God's placed before us, it was his good idea long before it was ours. Right. And so we get to partner with him to do his work and build his kingdom on this side of heaven. And sometimes that can feel overwhelming or scary or we doubt and all the things that we, we face as women and that are very real. But we get to partner with him and bring him glory this side of heaven and, and the work that you do that might even seem mundane or in, insignificant today um, is a part of. God bringing about his overall plan of redemption. You get to be a piece of it. And um, that in itself is significant. And so I think if we began to see our calling and our work in that way, I think it would change everything. So good, Rebecca. Well, thank you for sharing this amazing book. Congratulations again. And I highly recommend it. I know it's going on pre-order, like you said, and get all these goodies and resources. And and what's the email address one more time? Yeah, so it's do the thing book.org is the website where you can go um, pre-order from your major retailer and then sign up for the launch team and get in on all the pre-order gifts. Love it. Well, thank you for being here and sharing with us all your great knowledge and wisdom. Thanks. Oh, well, Jamie, I have loved it. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening today, and I trust that God has encouraged you through this story. Did you know this podcast is on YouTube? Hop on there and subscribe, and you can see a live recording of each episode. And for more information on this ministry and to access free downloads, please visit my website at jamieelizabeth.com. That's J-A-Y-M-E elizabeth.com. And let's connect beyond this podcast by going to my Instagram handle, Jamie Elizabeth, She Speaks Life, or Facebook. Until next time, my friend, I hope God reveals himself through your own life story.